Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. This is Max Tibbin from Write For Me, and you're listening to another episode of the Business Ninjas podcast, where we meet the experts who are making things happen and scaling their businesses. And today we're talking about Aeon with Alan Ingrassio, who is the executive account director at Aeon. Alan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So Aon, a big player in the insurance and risk management space. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about what's going on there. Um, but before we jump into the organization and, and your role, um, the Business Ninjas community is built of entrepreneurs, executives, uh, sales and marketing leaders as well. So as the account executive director at Aon, you know, tell the Business Ninjas community a little bit about yourself um, and uh, you're, what you're focused on, a little bit about your role. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I essentially lead a hub within our Aon organization that services small to medium enterprises. Um, and really what we're servicing is for their, their P&C, their, their management liability, it really a risk management. Um, and and what, a, what a director does is kind of just work with, with leadership, senior leadership to kind of set the vision, and understand what we need to achieve moving forward and then work directly with managers and account executives to work towards servicing clients and achieving our goals. Gotcha. Well, so it sounds like there's a mixture of, of focus on current customers and obviously premiums, renewals, right? Uh, is that your focus too, or is, is it going to be spread to, to net new customers as well with the team? So in on you know, existing clients. And we're also looking at, at building the portfolio with new clients, as well as making sure we're rounding out our current clients to, to make sure they're, they're properly covered. Mm -hmm. And you've been in this space for, for about eight years, right? So you didn't necessarily start out, you know, in this space. How did you get started in, in the industry? And uh, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, so short answer to that is sales. Um, so I, I left college early. It really wasn't for me, you know, not my best way of learning. Um, got into real estate and not buying real estate, but uh, as a realtor. Uh, and did that for a little while. I had, I would say, mild success for a 19-year-old. Um, and then moved in into financial services, mainly life insurance. Uh, and that's where I cut my teeth cold calling. Uh, so huge shout out to everybody out there that's doing cold calling. Keep with it. It's a massive skill for you. Um, and you're gonna be able to use it in really a lot of areas of your life and business. Um, it's and eventually I made my way over after that into uh, a local payroll company. Um, they provided insurance as a as a an extra solution for their payroll clients. Um, and then uh, from there, I connected with Cover Wallet uh, and joined that team as an advisor. So I'm just kind of giving a little bit more background on how I how I got to where I am today. I started as an advisor with Covered Wallet and, and it was really a, a small company when I joined and it really started to grow within the within the Rochester office, which is where I'm located. And I had opportunities to come into Leonard and then turn into a manager um, and then continued working at that for a few years until we were eventually acquired by Aeon where I was tapped on the shoulder to lead this team. Very cool. Yeah, cold calling definitely is is that it's an acquired skill. Um, there's it's not for the faint of heart either, um, and that's uh, something that uh, all of us salespeople had to do at some point. So yes, I, I would totally agree. 
And you mentioned Cover Wallet. Um, what is Cover Wallet specifically? What is what is the focus, and who do you guys partner with? Yeah, so Cover Wallet is a is it's a digital insurance brokerage, and really the goal is to help clients manage their insurance, purchase that insurance, and then you know request any changes to that insurance digitally. Mm. Um, so so we're kind of uh, this team that we had here within the small to medium enterprise is a little bit different than what Cover Wallet is. It's starting off um, kind of like a copy and paste of what they were what we were doing within Cover Wallet when we started the scene. Uh, and what we found was that this this group of clients has a much bigger need. And that's really what we've been focused on for the last three years is how do we how do we make servicing these clients more efficient for account executives? And then how do we improve the experience that these clients have? And, you know, it gets me thinking kind of like nobody really owns this space, this this kind of under $100 million in client revenue. Nobody's really owning this space yet. It's kind of it's kind of spread throughout all agencies and brokerages. And we see it as a huge opportunity because when you look at that, that larger client, you know, million dollar premiums, 1.52 million and, and up and just getting larger and larger in premiums. There's there's a lot of revenue there. Right. So you agencies and brokerages and carriers and and risk managers, they can throw a lot of resources at those clients. But when you get into the smaller segment, the resources aren't as abundant, right? Like we, we can throw resources at at what our clients need, but eventually it's going to cost us money. So what we're doing is, is we're focusing on ways to make it simpler for account executives to service these clients so that they can focus more on managing the risks for these for these insureds. So what are the things, I guess, Alan, that leaders or like what what are the types of things that leaders like should be doing to service and continue those relationships and continue to get those premiums to them? What are what are those types of things that you guys are doing internally? So I think it and first and foremost, it starts with like a belief system. Mm. Right. You have the vision of the company, and then you have your individual teams, right? We're made up of um, five different hubs, and then within there, there's different managers and team leaders that are managing account executives directly, right? So if you look at what the organization is, like there's there's a vision, and it's something that we all need to get in line with. So what we need to do is create belief systems, and I think the best way to do that, I've had this conversation with new managers, I had this conversation um, with experienced managers, and and I think what, what we need to focus on is setting proper expectations, and that that can be a, a wide array of things. That could be just like your service expectation. It could be like what the new processes are, right? That's a new expectation. So that needs to be properly set, and you have to remind everybody of what those expectations are. Um, it's kind of like if, if I wear a black shirt on Monday, and then I wear a black shirt on Tuesday, and I don't wear another black shirt, people might think. Well, he doesn't wash his shirt. But if I wear a black shirt every single day, everybody understands the expectations that I'm going to wear a black shirt. So it, it's kind of the same thing. You can't just set an expectation and forget about it. Um, and I think, you know, guilty of it ourselves here, right? but a lot of organizations, we set goals in the beginning of years, and then maybe we never look at them again. And now we go up for, for performance reviews at the end of the year, and it's like, all right, these were our goals, right? Like, it's very important that that expectation is set. And then, it's feedback back, right? So you've got expectations and you've got feedback. It's it's feedback in and it's feedback out. It's not just leaders giving feedback to their team on how they can improve and coaching, right? It's it's essential 
we hear back from our team on what's happening with the business, what's happening with your clients, what's happening with the system, where can we improve? We actually made a huge investment. We created a new role last year specifically for that. Like how can we can we use can we use somebody internally to work with the AEs directly, work with managers directly to take feedback in, go to our product team and start building things. Um so much so that that's actually that team is now it's now growing, which is which is very exciting because it it's there's there's definitely improvement in what we're doing. Um and then finally it's the accountability piece. And an accountability, I think, is an, is an interesting topic. Everybody thinks of accountability kind of in like a negative light. Uh, but accountability is holding the team accountable to what the expectations are, yes. Holding yourself accountable to what your expectations are and what the vision of the company is. And then it's it's working with other groups, right? Like AEM's got 50,000 colleagues. So while our team does a great job of holding each other accountable, down and uh, up and down and down and up. Other teams maybe don't have that same that same kind of environment, right? So now they're working with other teams that may, may affect us, um, but there's a different type of accountability. Or maybe it's it's our understanding of their expectations, right? If we don't understand what their expectations are, now we're holding them in accountable to something that's not necessarily an expectation of theirs, right? So it's, it's important we have that communication back and forth, and and ultimately that's what builds a belief system. And that's why it's so important that as leaders in what we're doing, we're focused on what the vision is and what we're trying to accomplish internally for account executives and what we're trying to accomplish for clients. So it sounds like, if I'm hearing you correctly, that the belief systems or almost like the the core values or, or leadership principles at Aon are going to be ensuring that proper expectations are being set across the teams. Um, there's accountability there. Um, and then there's an openness to learn and kind of seek feedback, um, to, you know, to grow. What would you say? I kind of summarize that appropriately. Absolutely. The, the, the thing I would, I would kind of, I would say to what you were saying is like principles are, are kind of what we're trying to achieve. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the belief system is more of a barometer of what's happening, mm-hmm. right? Like what does your team think? Mm-hmm. You know, we all have to do stuff. We don't, we have like, no, as leaders, we all have to communicate and move around things that maybe we don't necessarily agree with. Um, we're just not always going to agree. And sometimes it's just because that's the direction the company needs to go. And we need to, we need to, to go that direction. The belief system of what your team has is going to show as a leader, how, how you communicated that to them. You set the expectation to make them believe something like that. And I'm not saying people don't have their own opinions, but it's it's our responsibility to try and get people on board and make sure they understand the why, right? Like I tell my leaders all the time, if you're going to communicate anything, it's what, why, and how. Otherwise, there's no there's no expectation and they don't know what's happening. So, so yes, to your point, it's kind of a barometer of what those principles of what you're trying to achieve. Well, yeah, I mean, it just sounds like from, from my perspective, you guys are, are pushing for really high standards for your team, right? Yeah. Um, and you're trying to be like an industry disruptor almost with the types of standards that you're setting and, and trying to raise the bar and trying to push people to, to do their best work, right? So, you know, let's talk really quickly about your team. And, you know, since it sounds like the, the team is growing, the sales team specifically or the advisory team, you know, how do you hold you know, hold people to their expectations? Like what types of, you know, or how, I guess, how are you tracking goals like throughout the year? What types of KPIs are you tracking? How are you guys doing that? Yeah, um, 
not going to talk about all of them. I think there's 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 a lot, right? And there's some that are actual metrics and some that are more of a conversation and how we how we handle ourselves and how we communicate the clients. Um, we meet we meet as a, an entire group. I, we call it the Victor Hub. We meet once a week and go through email SLA. So we track how how responsive we we are to our clients. We we track. What's now a missed call SLAs? Are we following up with our clients when they when they leave us a call? Uh, we track the number of calls we're making to make sure we're actually communicating with clients and we're not just responding to emails because that's you can't build a relationship that way. You know, a lot of people look at it and they're like, "Wow, you guys really really micromanage the team," and that's that's not the point. the The point of it, most of our team is is well within the standard. The point is to is to is to have visibility on what's happening with the business. We rely very heavily internally on our on our other teams within Aon to help us grow our business. And in order to do that, we we do need to have a high standard. Aon has a very high standard. I mean, we're we're dealing with clients that are, uh, you know, very very large. And in order for us to get buy-in from those groups, we we do need to be responding, and we want to know what's happening and why. So, so those are some of like the service level metrics. And then we also, we look at, you know, how are we performing from an account retention standpoint? How are we performing from a revenue standpoint, both on retention and, you know, cross sell and new business cross sell, like selling a current client, uh, a new policy. Um, so we look at all those metrics as well. Gotcha. That that's helpful. So sounds like at a, at a high level, the, you know, the, the SLAs are, you know, time to reply kind of the, the typical sales data that you look at, you know, how many potential people reached out, how many, how long did it take us to get back in front of them? How many people did we reach out to? What was our reply rate? So kind of looking at that overarching kind of micro data that comes from sales, but as a, as a manager, like what skill sets do you think like, you know, managers should be focused on as well, in addition to some of that sales data? Yeah. So I think the, it reminds me of a story. Um, when I first started uh, when I first got a manager role, um, now I was a teammate before that, but it wasn't the same as when I became a manager. It was definitely more, more accountability for me to to get the team to perform. And and I remember my first month, I was given through a brand new advisors that had never never served an insurance policy before, um, and then further advisors that were brand new to the organization had insurance experience but not really any idea of our systems and processes that we had in place. And I remember we, we finished the month and it was, it was late. I was sitting in the office, kind of just kind of beaten, right? I had achieved like 88% target, didn't, didn't make it. And at the time, director, my director of sales there said, you know, what's going on? What's wrong? I go, well, well, we missed, we missed pretty badly too. And he goes, what you did better than I thought you would do. And, and I kind of was taken aback, right? Because anybody in sales would say, hey, the numbers will matter. Results are what matter. And that's true. But he, what he reminded me was, you have a brand new team. You've got, you know, I think it was somewhere around 220 direct hours that month in coaching. So listening to live phone calls and like coaching through the call, coaching after the call. Uh, I had one-on-one -on -one meetings with everybody regularly to really understand their pipeline and drive things forward. Uh, we were meeting every single day as a team, and we we had a really good like camaraderie. And, and I, at the time, like going back to belief systems, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I was kind of just like 
this is terrifying. Let me let me read as many books as I can to figure out what I can do, and let me take advice from all of the leaders that we had within the organization. And, and it kind of came to all this, and, and he said, you know, that's that's kind of like you have to define what success is. Like the results are success, but you have to define what success is outside of those results, because essentially, Emily and I had built in that month was something that I continued to do month over month with the team, and we didn't miss quota once after that. Um, so to his point, he, he let me know that I needed to find successes more than just the result. Sure. Yeah. It sounds like it's, it's almost the intangibles almost, right? The, the X's and O's, um, and you know, giving, hearing and listening and giving that feedback. Um, I, by the way, I love that. Like that's for me, how I learned the best, like, Hey, coach me on what I did great and what you, you know, what you wouldn't expect out of someone like myself. And then you know, what work can I improve? What did I miss? You know, so that way when I hear it next time around, like I've, I'm able to, you know, come in and, and have a better conversation, have a better reply or handle that objection better. Like that's for me, like how I, I like to learn. So it makes sense why the team would, uh, would, would kind of praise you for, for what you were doing and then kind of see the, the fruit of your work kind of come to fruition, you know, the quarters after that. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the biggest challenges then today that the team is facing? Like, what are you guys working on today as a team? The needs of our clients, I think, are always evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we're working on is is having having better relationship with with our partners outside of internally. So, like the partners, for example. So, you know, we yeah, I mentioned I touched on it earlier in the call. Like the the resources available for these clients isn't as abundant because of the, the revenue tied to it. So what we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to leverage our partners to give us you know, better products that allow us to service clients that may have, um, that may have needs that are outside of kind of a, a typical um, small business need. And, and if I could think of an example, we recently had a client, um, they had some losses that were really just not within their control. They were, they were, they were bad losses and it was really affecting the loss ratio or essentially a loss ratio is, you know, here's the, the revenue to the, to the carrier. And then these are the losses. What's the impact on, on that? Like that's their loss ratio. Um, so it was, it was very high and, and it was very challenging to get coverage for the insured. So what we did, we had to get very, very creative and, and what we did was we focused on, all right, what is, what is causing the losses and is it something that the insured can, could change within their operating model? And then at the same time, we were, we were discussing with some of our internal um, risk consultants on where are some things we can do uh, to better, better their situation moving forward. And because of the relationship we built with that carrier in this segment, they were able to accept those changes and they over overturn their declination and we were able to get coverage for the insured. And I think that's like in the vein of what we, what we want to accomplish for these insureds, um, which I think we're, we're on the right track to doing that. I mean, your guys are solving real business challenges. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. If they, if they couldn't get insurance, they'd, they'd probably have to go out of business. Right. And that's, that's a real thing. And I, I heard loss ratio. I'm not familiar with that, but is that like one of the biggest challenges you guys look to solve for your customers? No, no, I don't think that's. A, I mean, yes and no. I think it's really it's really hard to say. There's a lot that goes on with with insurance, especially some of our businesses international, right? So 
so for the international businesses, it's going to be a different, it's going to be a different need than for uh, maybe a quote unquote local client. So loss ratio is a big one, right? If there's a lot of claims, that's going to be a big, a big challenge to overcome because we, we can't control the outcome. We can negotiate and we can work with the insurance and to put them into the best light for the carrier, uh, but we can't control that outcome. And those are, that becomes very challenging. Mm-hmm. So what are some of like the top like verticals you service? Like what is, you know, what are some of those good customers look like? Who are some of the new customers or industries you guys might be going after as well? Um, it, it's really kind of general. I wouldn't say that there's a specific vertical that we're in right now within, within our space. Um, Aon has different verticals all, all throughout um, the organization, but within our space, we're, we're kind of in a general market. Um, we're really looking for insurance that are in that, you know, around um, that hundred million in revenue and, and below. Um, and we partner very closely with our field offices within Aon to make sure that, you know, our clients are being serviced by the right team. And that's both our way and up and their way and over to us. Gotcha. So it sounds like it's a, it's more or less like a revenue metric or what about like number of claims type metric? Do you guys look at that as, as potentially? No. Yeah, no, it's, it's really like a product type, um, and, and kind of a revenue threshold or a premium threshold in some cases, depending on what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And you mentioned that you guys work internationally as well. Like how, how has that affected the growth of the business? Um, well, I think we, what we do internationally is, uh, one of my managers said this uh, a little while back and I just absolutely love it. Like we're not necessarily the quarterback in a lot of cases, we're like the left tackle, right? Like we, we are essential to protecting the quarterback and that's kind of how, how we can be, how we can be used within the international or we call it like a reverse flow business, right? Like it's a headquartered company out of Germany and they just opened up or they just bought a U.S. entity. You know, German insurance is much different than U.S. insurance. Um, so we come into play to help service that local client, which is very small compared to the international organization, at least at least to scale. Some of those businesses are very, very large. I wouldn't say that in that in, in a a derogatory way. I just mean that it's not as, you know, it's not the headquarters. Makes sense. Yeah. Just kind of curious. Cause I, I knew that I know there's a focus obviously here in the U S but how, yeah, you mentioned international. So I was just kind of curious how that, how that focus. Yes. So what's, what's something that you guys, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about from, from your team perspective and, you know, how you guys are managing clients, uh, internally on your own organization and your own kind of core entity of the, of the piece of your own business. But just kind of curious, like what's something that you guys, you know, want to be celebrating, you know, a year from now, and then maybe from a macro level, what's something that, you know, Aon wants to be celebrating a year from now? Hmm. I think a year from now, uh, without getting all the nitty-gritty details here, I um, we want to we want to be servicing clients even better, and and we want to be doing that with more automation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of technology that we can utilize from what we've built before we were acquired by Aon and, you know, it's great, but we want to also make sure that we do it within, within Aon, within Aon for these small to medium clients. Um, so that, that's really, that's really a number one goal, I think in my eyes for, for what we want to achieve this year. And, and it would be great if we can get there. Mm-hmm. 
So let's talk about that really quick. Like how are you wanting to do more with automation? Are you talking about like chat GPT and like automating some of your processes or, you know, trying to use some of those tools to like help in, you know, doing some more mundane tasks or email writing, right? Like what do you guys try to do with automation? <laughs> well, not that. Um, so it's more of like, um, how are we getting service requests? So certificates of insurance, invoices, there's a lot we can do there to clean up the experience for clients and, and make it faster. Mm -hmm. Have you guys thought about as a team, like how to leverage a tool like a chat GPT at all? Maybe the product team has, I don't know that, that I haven't, I haven't thought about no. Cause we're exploring it here internally for, for our sales team already. Um, whether that's helping to develop like a, a comp plan, like ChatGPT is actually fairly good at that. Um, okay. and even like helping with our, you know, pipeline process and how to organize a pipeline. Like it's, it's kind of like, it, it's a useful tool for like experimentation, to be honest. Okay. Well, it's something that, that we're testing out both on the sales process side and, uh, on our content side of the business as well, uh, with helping with like that creativity and trying to generate, you utilize different prompts to generate different ideas that our teams can kind of utilize, uh, uh, utilize when they generating content at scale too. So now we're not using it to generate actually any anything like that's going to be customer facing or out on the web. It's more or less a tool to help us with our own productivity throughout the day. So it's kind of interesting to see like how, you know, we're at kind of the forefront of this almost as like how computers and Apple is at the forefront of the 1980s uh, for a lot of companies and trying to see how they adopted the new technology. I think that's kind of where we are and it's, it's all happening really fast. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. I mean, chat GPT four just or GPT four just launched or whatever it is. I I can't keep up. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, as, as we wrap things up here, Alan, like, is there anything else that you know you think uh, our listeners should know, or anything that we haven't covered thus far? Uh, no. I mean, if you if you want to connect, if you want to uh, reach out, you hear more about what we're doing. Just discuss discuss anything really. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn at Alan Ingrassio and be happy to happy to chat. Absolutely. Are you going to be anywhere? Any conferences? You know, you're going to be traveling anywhere. People can find you. <laughs> Not right now. Not right now. Well, the Aon brand's very very familiar, right? You guys are a big big organization. Work with large organizations and customers, and uh, what you guys provide is is definitely essential from what it sounds like, and. Uh, you know, you guys are major players in the space. So ideally, hopefully, you know, any customers who, you know, are kind of hundred million revenue and around there who have, uh, you know, who, who might be a fit, you know, definitely reach out to, to Alan and the team and, uh, see if they can make some introductions. If you guys are looking to change providers. Awesome. Thank you, Max. Yeah. I appreciate your time, Alan. It was, it was great chatting with you and, uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. I, I feel like I've learned a lot about you and what you guys are doing at, at Aon and your, and within your part of the organization as well. So. I appreciate you being here and uh, being a part of the Business Ninja podcast. Thank you. Yeah, that wraps up. Yeah, that wraps up another episode of the Business Ninja podcast. Everyone have a great rest of the day. Cheers. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.